Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast. Do you ever feel like you are your own worst enemy when it comes to trying to improve your health or your habits or your lifestyle? Maybe you make some positive changes and things are going well, but then you seem to sabotage your efforts somehow and you just feel like you're back to square one. It might feel like you take one step forward and two steps back even. If this sounds like you, you are not alone. I know lots of people feel like this, including myself at times. And today we're going to talk about why so many of us seem to self-sabotage and what we can do about it. Can't wait to get going, so let's dive in. Are you ready to be done with diets? Done trying to mold your body to fit unrealistic beauty standards? Do you want to create a healthy lifestyle simply to feel better and have more energy each day? Do you want to finally find food freedom? Hey, I'm Jenna, a registered dietitian nutritionist. Not long ago, I was an overwhelmed mom and struggled to make myself a priority. I hated my body and wondered how I could stop beating myself up every time I looked in the mirror. I also felt frustrated about my health and wished I could get myself to exercise consistently, eat more vegetables, eat less sugar, you know, actually do the things I knew could improve my mood and energy levels. But I kept telling myself I didn't have enough time or motivation or willpower or, well, you get the idea. But with some help from God, I was able to turn my health and life around. And I want to help you do the same. In this podcast, you'll find trustworthy nutrition information, critical mindset shifts, and actionable advice so you can feel better, fill your life with sustainable, healthy behaviors, and be confident in your own skin, no matter your size. So if you're ready to make peace with chocolate, but love your salad too, this is the podcast for you. Hello, friends. Welcome. Welcome. How are you doing today? I am feeling a lot better than last week. If you listened to my last episode, thank goodness, I'm feeling a whole lot better. Life is good here at the Waite household, although my poor little four-year-old Elaine did have her tonsils out this morning, so she's in a bit of pain, although not doesn't seem like too much pain. She's still up and jumping around. I've had four of my five kids now had to get their tonsils and, and adenoids out, and they were all the same. They The doctor said that they should be down for the day and should rest and feel really lousy, but I feel like within a couple of hours, they were all up jumping on the couches and recovering extremely quickly. So I'm trying to keep her down and resting. And she's thoroughly enjoying her popsicles and ice cream that she gets to eat today. (laughs) Before we dive into the topic today, I had a super kind listener reach out to me and give me some advice and some encouragement on my upcoming hemorrhoidectomy. So I really appreciate that. And she also mentioned that she would like the recipe that I'd mentioned in the vegetables episode last week for the cauliflower dipping sauce. So I went and I dug out my mother-in-law's recipe and I found it. So for my wonderful listener and anybody else who wants that recipe, it's super simple. It's just a half a cup of mayo with a teaspoon of onion powder. You can use real fresh onions if you'd like. And a teaspoon of mustard. You can use just yellow mustard, um, Dijon, whatever mustard you like. Mix it up. And then, like I said, my lo- my husband loves to eat it with cooked cauliflower. You just steam the cauliflower and just dip it in. And there you have it. So for anybody interested in that recipe, I apologize that I mentioned it in the last episode, but I didn't know the exact ingredient amounts. So there you go for anybody who would like that. 
All right, let's get into our episode for today. We are in February now, and we often hear that the majority of people have given up on any New Year's resolutions or goals that they might have set in January. Maybe you feel like you're one of those people. Maybe you made a plan, a goal to exercise three times a week, and it went really well for the first couple of weeks, but you slowly tapered off, and maybe now you've stopped altogether. Or maybe you planned on eating less sugar, and you did well for a day or two, or maybe longer, and then you decided it was just too hard, and you threw in the towel, and you are back to your old habits. A lot of people describe this as self-sabotage. They think that for some reason, they are personally sabotaging their own efforts. They're keeping themselves stuck. They're so frustrated. They do not understand why they can't just make these changes and get them to stick. And I can understand why it can feel that way. But I also feel like self-sabotage is a very dramatic way of thinking of this super common occurrence that we see. I think there are other, maybe gentle, more gentle ways of viewing something like this. Maybe you can call it just taking a detour from your plan or reverting back to familiar habits for a moment. Or really, all it is is being a human being, <laughs> being an imperfect human. You are not a robot. You don't just program a plan into your control box and then magically that plan just happens 100% exactly how you hoped. I call these kinds of things completely normal and to be expected. They really are not a problem. The problem comes when we view these as reason to just give up, to stop trying, to beat ourselves up, to call ourselves failures, to tell ourselves that we're incapable of changing, that there's no hope, that there's something wrong with us. It's just not true. So let's take a look. Why do we self-sabotage? Why do we have such a hard time making changes and sticking with them, even when we want so badly to continue with those changes? Well, part of us wants to. There seems to be this other part that just doesn't want to. It doesn't want to change. It doesn't want to achieve those goals that we have set. Well, the answer is, like I said, we're humans. We have this ability to think higher, to to plan for the future, to make goals, to look at our lives and understand where we need to improve. We've got this higher functioning part of our brain, but then we've also got this lower part of our brain that is also useful and needed, but it's the part of our brain that wants us to be comfortable. It wants us to stay where we are because that's what's familiar. It wants us to just take the easy route, to do just what feels good here and now, and it's going to resist any change that doesn't have short-term benefits, that doesn't benefit us right now in the moment. So just recognizing that, knowing that that is how our brain works, and we all of us have both of those parts of our brains, and again, it's completely normal, and that lower brain can be really, really good at getting what it wants. Tell me if any of these thoughts sound familiar. Oh, I should just hurry and eat all the treats in the house so that they won't be there to tempt me anymore. So I should just eat everything so that I don't have to look at it. I don't have to resist it anymore. Or what's the point? Why even try? It's not that big of a deal. Health isn't that important. My goals aren't that important. This really isn't worth it. Why am I even doing this? This isn't going to make that big of a difference, right? All of these thoughts that Maybe I'm the only one, but these are really common thoughts that my brain offers me 
when it wants what it wants in the moment. It's trying to convince me to give in and give it what it wants right then. And sometimes I can access that higher thinking part of my brain in that moment and answer those thoughts. And other times it's so loud and so strong that I believe it and I give in to that part of my brain that is just wanting that instant gratification. Another reason a lot of people feel like they're self-sabotaging is they might have a lack of self-confidence, a lack of belief in themselves and their ability to change or low self-worth, low self-esteem. They might feel like you're not worth putting the effort in to improve your life somehow. You're never going to change. This is just the way you are. It's the way you're always going to be. It's not even worth trying. And so their lower brain might play to those feelings as well and bring in those kinds of thoughts of just hopelessness. Let's just give up. Why even try? You don't deserve to be healthier, happier, reach your goal, yada, yada, yada. Another reason that I see a lot of people just throwing in the towel, giving up, self-sabotaging, whatever you want to call it, is that so many diets, diet plans, maybe even goals that you've set, encourage all or nothing thinking and all, all or nothing behaviors even. So anytime you go, quote, off your plan or you deviate from it in any way or you fail to do what you'd planned on doing in order to achieve a goal, it feels like failure and it feels like if I can't do it perfectly, I might as well just not try at all. Or because I messed up in this way, I'm never going to reach my goal. I might as well just give up. And again, we have to realize that these deviations, these setbacks, not doing things perfectly, that's just how life is. That's part of the journey. And so if we can go into a plan, go into a goal, knowing that, expecting it, planning on it, then it doesn't feel so dramatic when it happens. It, it's just like, yep. Here it is. Here's the part that I don't feel like doing this or that my lower brain's trying to get me to indulge and do what feels comfortable or do what I'm used to. And it doesn't need to be such a big deal. Now, maybe the plan you made or the goal you set is not very realistic. Maybe it doesn't fit you or your lifestyle, and that's the reason it's not working. Maybe you need to take a good look at that goal and, and adjust it accordingly and make a different plan, make a different goal for something that works better for you, that's easier to follow, that's maybe closer to that sweet spot of still pushing yourself but not too hard so that you don't feel like you are failing over and over again. And then the last reason I thought of of why we self-sabotage is just old habits die hard. Old patterns of behavior, old thought patterns, they're not just going to go away in an instant. And they actually never really die. The neuropathways are always going to be there in our brains, but they will weaken over time as you stop going down those pathways. But for a long time, they're still going to be very strong. And new habits take time. They take repetition. They're not going to come automatically. So once again, if we know that, if we keep that in mind, then we're not so surprised or confused or frustrated when we revert back to those old patterns and when we are having a hard time creating the new habits and routines or sticking to a plan or achieving a goal. So those are some of the more common reasons that people seem to self-sabotage. Now let's talk about what we can do to stop. 
First of all, if you feel like you're self-sabotaging your eating plan, you're wanting to eat more foods that fuel your body in healthy ways, you're wanting to limit some of those fun foods that you know kind of drain your energy and aren't great for your health when taken in large amounts consistently over time, and you're having a hard time in that area, I want you to take a really close look at what you're eating throughout the day and how often you're eating. If you are keeping your body nourished throughout the day, you're eating balanced meals with snacks in between if needed, you're making sure that you're getting enough to nourish your body, to keep your blood sugar stable, then chances are you're going to have fewer, not none, but fewer self-sabotaging thoughts. When your blood sugar is low and your body really needs nourishment, it's going to push extra hard to get that nourishment. It's going to send that lower brain into high gear with super strong, convincing arguments of why you need that cookie, why you need some really quick, simple carbs to get energy into your body right now. I noticed this this morning, actually. I took my daughter early to have her surgery, and so I didn't eat my normal breakfast. I just had like an apple and some string cheese because it was a quick, easy thing to grab and go. And after I got home, I failed to eat more. And so my husband was actually organizing some snacks for a, an event that he's helping with tomorrow. And I found myself really wanting to eat a lot of the snacks, foods that I normally don't even really like, or I wouldn't think twice about, I wouldn't find very tempting. I was asking him, hey, can I have one of those? Oh, can I have one of those? And I ate a few snacks and I was kind of confused, like, why am I eating so much right now? And, And especially these kinds of foods that I don't normally really find appealing or satisfying. And I remembered that I had not had much to eat for breakfast. And chances are my blood sugar was low. It didn't, I didn't really feel physically hungry, but my body was, I'm sure, needing some food. So that was a good reminder for me to make sure that I am eating enough to nourish my body throughout the day. Another way to stop the self-sabotage is to be on to your brain. Just know that it's going to be offering you thoughts all day long, and you do not have to take those thoughts seriously. You don't have to take them as truth. You're allowed to just think a thought, acknowledge it, and move on, not take the thought seriously. So what I find to be extremely useful is to write a list of common sabotaging thoughts that you seem to have. Maybe they're similar to the ones that I mentioned earlier. What's the point? It's not a big deal. I'm not worth it. Um, Why even try? Things like that. And really examine each thought. And then come up with a counter thought that you want to have handy for when that thought comes up, and then you can replace it with this predetermined thought. What I like to do is try and find the exact opposite of the statement that I'm trying to counter. So for example, let's say my, my brain offers me the thought, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what I eat. It doesn't matter if I exercise today. It doesn't matter if I get enough sleep. Whatever maybe comes up for you often, take that thought and then list the reasons that it does matter to you. List reasons why you want to exercise more, get enough sleep. I'm going to feel better. It's going to help my mental health. I'm going to be happier when I interact with my children or my husband. It's going to provide long-term benefits of decreased risk of disease and a longer, more fulfilling life. List whatever motivations you have. List what motivates you the most and then memorize those. Memorize the reasons why it does matter. 
why getting this one workout in today does matter, or why maybe saying no to that second helping of dessert, if that's being done on a consistent basis, why that does matter. And so then you have some ammunition. When your brain offers you the thought, you can answer it with why it does matter. Let's take another example. What about when your brain says, I don't even care. I don't care anymore. This isn't that big of a deal. I thought that that's the goal I wanted, but I don't really, I just don't care. There again, write down why you do care. Write down the reasons that you do want to make these changes, that you do want to achieve that goal or create that habit or routine. And then memorize that. And the next time your brain offers you that thought, then you have an answer to give it. One final thought I want to leave you with today is just the encouragement to just keep going. Honestly, there's no such thing as failure in this journey unless you just give up and stop trying and let that lower brain take over forever. These little setbacks, these seemingly self-sabotaging moments, thats it's not failure. It's not anything to be alarmed by or upset about. Again, it's just the name of the game. It's part of the journey. If you ever give in to any of these thoughts that we've gone over and allow that lower brain to kind of win in the moment, then again, recognize that that's normal too. It's okay. And it doesn't mean you can't just pick yourself back up and keep going. I really love using this, this analogy about the Apollo 13 space shuttle when it was on its way to the moon. I got this analogy from the book, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. It's a great book. And Jeff points out that on its way to landing the astronauts safely on the surface of the moon, the Apollo space shuttle was actually only on course, exactly on course, 2 to 3% of the time, which means that at least 97% of the time it took to get from Earth to the moon, it was actually off course. It wasn't exactly on the path to the moon. It was veering around. It was going a little bit to the right, and then it would course correct and get back on track and then go a little bit to the left and then it would course correct. And that's how it made it all the way to the moon. And I really like to think of that analogy when I'm thinking of my own goals and improving my lifestyle and my own health in general is I know the end goal. I know the moon is getting to the moon is my goal. And I know the things that are going to get me there, but I do not expect myself to be completely perfectly on the course, on the path 100% of the time. It's just, it's not possible because I'm not perfect. But if I keep shooting for that goal, that moon, then that is success. It's when I give up and I turn around and I come back to earth before reaching my goal, or I just say, forget it, I'm done trying, and I decide to just orbit around the earth forever. I don't know how it fits into this analogy, but that's the only time I would consider it a failure is if I just stop trying altogether. I heard a quote once that the goal is to keep the goal the goal. <laughs> so if the goal is better health, better body image, greater peace with food, whatever your personal goal is, keep it the goal. Don't allow these setbacks and these sabotaging thoughts keep you from continuing to strive for that goal. All right, friends, that's it for today. Before I let you go, I keep forgetting to tell you, I've had this done for a little while and keep forgetting to mention it. I have an awesome mini course. It's completely free. It's called Discover How to Put the Struggle with Food in Your Body Far Behind You. 
And in it, I go over three different myths, common myths that have likely been contributing to your struggle with food in your body and how to overcome them. And it's awesome. It's, like I said, completely free. You can just go to my website, jennawaite.com, click on free stuff. You can find that. I'm working on another course about overeating and how to stop. You'll see that up there, but it's not quite ready. So don't try and click on that one yet. Unless you're listening to this episode in the future, it might be ready then. But then if you scroll down, um, I also have a free cheat sheet, Five Steps to Creating Healthy Habits. So if you're interested in that, you can grab that as well. So again, go to my website, jennawaite.com, go to free stuff, got all that there for you. If you're interested in working with me and taking my course and helping retrain your brain and working on your mindset when it comes to creating new healthy habits and routines in your life, click on the work with me button on my website and you can read all about my programs and all the information there. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate you being here. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, real quick before you go. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a huge favor and take just a minute or two to leave me a rating and review? It really helps the show get found by more people and it just lights me up to know that the show is helping someone out there and that I should continue putting out more episodes. Thank you so much.